0: Welcome to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing good, Mike. All right. And we are joined this week by Benji Davis. How's it going, Benji? Doing well. How about you? Good. We missed you. So today we're going to very quickly address the... Upcoming third elections and try to find a silver lining. And then we'll go to our main topic of conversation, which is the hubbub over the uh, Trump executive order story. So, and uh, with Alan, with a well-placed segue. Is that our plan for today?
1: Uh, I hope I make it well-placed, yeah. Okay, okay. So,
0: we'll give you a signal. Listener. Get ready. It's really smooth. You won't even notice it. Um, but let's let's talk. We uh, we we all. I think we're pleased by David Harvitz's uh, article in the Times of Israel. His uh, editorial that that we're all looking at the negative of third elections because we're all miserable about third elections and we're angry about third elections. And it is absolutely malpractice that we're going to third elections. But is there anything positive? Well, are the f- there any silver lining? And he said there are some silver yeah. linings.
1: I mean, the main silver lining is what my daughter likes to push out, I think, really, is that it just means another day off of school. If She's like, does, oh, right. oh, is, that,
0: is that another day off of school? Great. But they're already talking about canceling uh, yeah. the day off, so we may not even have that. Oh,
1: I missed that. Oh, I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> yeah, don't tell her because
0: the, – the, well, no, but I understand it because the Knesset – there are people in the Knesset saying, look, we can't afford it. Yeah. If we make this an official national day off, it yeah. has huge impacts on the economy, and so people need to go yeah. to work that day and vote. yeah i mean people predicted at the second election ridiculous election Mm -hmm. that voter turnout would turn down would go down because people were cynical and it went up yeah exactly so maybe it'll keep going up so that's a that's a silver lining that maybe this will get people politically engaged more
2: right i think people want to see a change it wasn't such a difference in the voting it was more that the Arab constituents went out to vote more. No, but also
0: the Jew the the, the I don't the, think I
2: think the Jewish number stayed around the same. Why it went up from let's say sixty seven ish to sixty nine-ish because you yeah, had that ten percent, fifteen percent jump in the Arab voting electorate. Right. That's my hop on that. I'm not exact I don't have the numbers in front of yeah. me, but that's kind of my understanding of well, it. it, it was and I the, bet it will... By the way that's good. I mean that's yeah. good. If, no, I, I would, it brought uh, the Arab vote out more that's sh- that's what I, I also think what will happen in the third election and maybe this will reflect a little bit on my politics are, but I also share the optimism of David Horowitz, one and that this is, you know, it's a sign of our democracy and we should be right. proud of our democracy, right. but also for me that I'm, uh, you know, on the, you know, on the other side of the political aisle, if you could call it that, I see hope that maybe, you know, you can see a win here, um, you know, and so you don't have a small right government, let's say if you wanted you know, a centrist government or a unity government or a center-left government. That you see cracks
0: in Bibi's armor, you mean?
2: A, a, cracks in Bibi's armor, but another opportunity is another opportunity. And, you know, after the first election, they're like, okay, it's going to be another same government we've had. Immunity, possibly, that would be awful and horrible. And then all of a sudden, Lieberman just decides to care about religion and state after 30 years in politics (laughs) in this country and working with the Haredim. It's like, oh, that's cool. So we're going to have a second election and we can try this again? Like, I was like, yeah, maybe maybe we'll you know, we could win this thing. This could be really cool. Um, But on the other hand, I, I have, I got to a point where other towards the end of those 21 days. like, Oh fine. Maybe unity government BB six months, then Gants be prime minister, like another election. Cause I like the incitement, the, the, just the way well, people talk season. about each other. Yeah. Uh, the racism, it, I mean, calling people small and leftist as an insult when it shouldn't be and calling people left-wing when they're actually right-wing and just kind of like this worst truth in our society and it's just kind of i don't want to do that again like that's uh, why the muck is awful i'm hearing a lot of angst (laughs) i do hear angst. that's not silver lining (laughs) i don't like the (laughs) muck i don't like the muck of what but hopefully that like difficult road will get us to a result where it can really bring achdut in israel uh, which is kind of what we all want here, and I a say Am Israel within, yeah, unity, unity within a the Jewish people and uh, but also the Israeli nation, which is inclusive of all the non-Jews as well. Well, I do, and think, I think, do think, that's think that's the goal. My for me at least,
0: I do think that there is an overall sense of unity, and I would say for me, my. My silver lining is that although this is – I do think it's political malpractice that we're we're going to third elections, that nobody can form a coalition because of – somebody's doing something very wrong. I think the linchpin problem, in my assessment, is that it's BB-blocking reasonable solutions that would work for everybody and he's not taking yes for an answer but, but and we're
1: starting
2: to see even within Likud challenge to his yeah
0: he's we are um, now seeing people bucking from within
2: but, the Likud but the challenge within Likud is not ethical or legal it is simply political right that's right, how they're right, framing right, right. it but that's, right. What, but that's
0: what right but that's what democracy is democracy right. is the people with their hands on the lever it is in their interest to serve the people in other words we're assuming that the the, the leaders have selfish motives But to achieve their selfish motives, they have to give the people what they want and need. So that's Uh, how democracy works. So I guess for me, my silver lining is that although politically uh, we are dysfunctional, uh, democratically we're healthy. That the systems are working. That the people, nobody has been able to. Right. Defy the people's will and do something really horrible. Nobody's been willing to break through the checks and balances to achieve some. They talk about it a lot. They do. And you know, I do, I do suspect some of their motives, but the system is saying we're not letting you play it. The system isn't letting itself be manipulated. And so this delay is a push off of that ability. Somebody people who want to play the system aren't getting away with it. So the political dysfunction of going to third elections is incredibly aggravating. But but the institution itself is holding. So I, mm. uh,
1: uh, our boss, like Herzog, who is the head of the uh, Jewish agency. So my boss boss's boss? Yeah. So all of our boss's boss's boss. Right. He <laughs> um, had a, a, a fascinating, I think, interview on the radio this morning. Um And he pointed out, and he didn't actually call he didn't use that word of dysfunctional politics. he actually said this is this is democracy at work yeah right and he and he said, look basically um it's it's frustrating it's it's difficult uh but the system means going to new elections means we're not you know going to other means such as violence to right. to solve this out in many societies unfortunately, when you get into stalemates like this, a transfer of power go to violence um and he very much you know uh uh, kept it um, in that in that perspective, and almost like this is the functionality of of politics and democracy Yeah, I mean Harvard's then, pointed
0: this out that we're, we're at a moment where the, the issues are a little yeah. are confusing and the people are at loggerheads yeah. so you're seeing that reflected yeah. in the institutional yeah. process and,
1: and, so, and we're working out something that yeah. really is difficult and someone who has been a dominant force in Israeli politics really for two decades now even though in the last decade he's been the prime Bushy. minister but he's been a no I'm talking uh, about uh, Bibi uh, Netanyahu N- oh, the prime minister Netanyahu that even though he's been a, a do- he's been a dominant force in Israeli politics for really two decades sure. since his first prime ministership yeah Yep. And, and I think, uh, t- so for, for that to move on is, is a difficult, we're having difficulty with it, but, but the system is working itself out. And then he, he then, he then veered to point out, I think very strongly says, I think as- this might be the segue. It may be that the news is, you know, obsessing. I mean, even though maybe people aren't, people are maybe a little election fatigue going on, but the news is obsessing with all the politics. And they spent an hour and a half before his interview talking about the politics. He said, it's ignoring the, the real issues and problems that we're having in Israel and also in the Jewish world. And of course, his job as the head of the Jewish agency is to worry about the Jewish world, um, as, he, as he pointed out. And uh, and he just gave a very, uh, very strong summary of, uh, of the state of anti-Semitism in the world today, which, and I think his claim is right, and he brought up proofs of it, that we really are in the most... Anti, I don't want to say the most anti-smeg time but the most uh, anti-smeg acts that are happening around the world and he, and he said in every corner of the world well that's numerical I, mean, I think uh, it's yeah. frequency an and since,
2: and yeah, since and, like, World War hearing two. about it yeah yeah since World War II because we're so uh, just the transparency of social quantitatively media quantitatively
0: more and also there's a qualitative yeah. change in that like even in America you have shootings right and... exactly exactly what they said right. and
1: they, they said you know the, the Kalman Lipskin Kalman right and uh, right. uh, uh, Lipskin a, a soft Lieberman libra- libra- right, Kalman uh, Lipskin libra- and Asaf Lieberman says to say, said to him, "Whoa, what do you mean? Really, the oh, most the radio host? Yeah, mean. the radio host. Sorry, can you can you you know can you go? He just like rattled off right the the fraternity in Indiana where Jews were Jewish fraternities students were beat up the obviously shooting in Jersey City the the synagogue in Los Angeles. I mean, it was crazy. That's in America, by the way. And uh, he's not talk- five blocks from where I grew up." Right. Mm. Right. And he's, and that wasn't even talking about all around the world, but of course the Jewish agency has, has emissaries all around the world that they talk to and hear on a, on an ongoing basis of cemeteries that are desecrated and synagogues that are desecrated and, um, people who are, uh, you know, um, also, uh, abused either, either, uh, verbally or violently. Um, so this is, uh, you know, uh, it, it really is. It really it's not, incredible thing. it's not just a quantitative change. Something yeah.
0: qualitatively has shifted.
1: And I think that, that comes off of that topic that we really want to talk about, which is the the President Trump's executive order this
0: week and why it well, blew the up on reaction, Jewish yeah. tr- t- Twitter. So, Mike. Did you say bluish Twitter? Blew up on Jewish Twitter. Yeah, I think you contracted that into a new new language. Ben, check it out. <laughs> we'll, play, we'll pull back the tape. That was like a James Joyce moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> wow, that's a movie joke. Uh Very basically nerdy. what happened was kind of to have something nice to do I think at the uh, at the uh Hanukkah celebration at Early the White House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. It was an early celebration, and the president wanted to do something that would be meaningful to the participants, so he signed an executive order making sure that Jews on campus were represented under Title VI, which prohibits discrimination against people on campus based on uh, national origin or ethnicity, or I think it even uses the word race, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, which was seen by much of the Jewish world as something very provocative. Now. I think that was mishandled somewhat by the media and certainly by a lot of the readers. There really wasn't anything shocking or crazy that happened. But in one of those, you know, I, I cliches are so useful. I try not to use them, but they really are useful. And in what made it a teachable moment was it, it created this huge discussion among Jews about whether they see their identity as national or just purely religious. And so... Uh, Benji, you collected some tweets that you thought were.
2: <laughs> I did.
0: Um... I don't. You know, it's funny because Twitter is such a funny place for current events conversation. It has its pluses and its minuses, but it is it is a sort of snapshot about what a certain segment, Twitter using segment of the population is discussing. It, it, I don't know. I don't think it's an accurate reflection of broader people who don't use Twitter. But the Twitter conversation itself is interesting.
2: Right. I wanna. I'll start uh Xavier who has been on uh, our podcast uh from the times of we Israel. we have an episode
0: coming out soon from him
2: oh that hasn't aired yet yeah. correct uh, another one yeah oh, another one yeah, yeah he has already been on one yeah 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 right. he's going to be on a, yeah
0: great he's great
2: good shit Um, so he wrote um kind of summing up everything actually a sad moment for american jews jews have always been both a nation and a faith the tension between the two was always complicated confusing malleable neither nation nor religion has ever fully defined Jewishness, that this complexity now worries U.S. Jews is the real story.
1: Mm. Ah, fair.
2: That's kind of what the episode
1: is
0: about, no? I think so. Yeah. Right. That's what we're, <laughs> that we're going to do.
2: is in the real story is not the Trump executive order, which seemed to protect Jews under Title VI of uh, civil rights legislation, which the Obama administration did as well. Yeah. So it's not really a story, but it's rather this reaction of American Jewry really... Um, feeling that they're being threatened um by this executive order as a continuation you know of the policies of the trump administration which they see as threatening to their very identities as as liberal americans Americans, uh liberal religious jewish americans uh so i can get to that type of anxiety because
0: because it brings the the dual loyalty anxiety
2: so i have here a tweet which literally Uh, uh, says that um it's from a Reconstructionist rabbi. It is really, really frightening for us to be defined as a nationality. The trope of dual loyalism is classic anti-Semitism. It encourages people to view American Jews as professing greater loyalty to Israel than to the United States, thereby making us trust untrustworthy.
0: No, again, I don't think that—that's that, that that's a good expression of that reaction. Of the angst. Of the angst that Khaviv was talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's reflected in the Trump executive order in any way.
2: Right. So she actually, if I should keep going, she clarified herself when uh, she realized that it didn't say that. She said, just to clarify for those who think otherwise, I read the Times article before I tweeted. The headline was more alarmist than the content, uh, but the content was bad nonetheless. Even if the EO, the executive order language, is less horrifying than imagined, Trump has often spoken of American Jews as a group that must support him because of Israel. uh, Same trope. So maybe Jews were quick to freak. But it wasn't out of nowhere. Trump spouts anti-Semitism were jumpy.
0: Okay. I mean, what she's saying is, yeah, that is it's, that. I, she's, I, giving I, that she's, she's giving context. context and that's she's giving context. She's saying enough. it wasn't this. This may have triggered us inappropriately, but we are primed to be triggered because mm-hmm. he has called, speaking to American Jews, he has referred to Bibi Netanyahu as your prime minister. Correct. Which many American Jews say, "What well, he's not my prime minister. I don't think she's wrong. No and like expressing the angst, uh, I don't know that it was a full throated enough refutation of her point about the executive order correct, but I but okay, but that's not doesn't make her wrong. Her point is, I was already jumpy because he has mm-hmm. he has already talked about us in context that made me uncomfortable, so the headline in The Times made me think, oh, here we go again, right, uh, but that was really bad reporting by the times, for sure, I think um the angst and the tension that
2: we see is a reflection of, for those that were pro it, that saying, like, for instance, here's a tweet from someone saying, you know, it ends with, I'm a member of the Jewish nation, aren't you? Right. Mm -hmm. As in a lot of people saying like, this is a good thing because he's, you know, he's recognizing the basic idea of 3000 years that Am Yisrael has always been a Jewish nation. And, you Mm -hmm. know, yes, we have a religion, but we've always been a nation. So American Jews that lean towards their Zionism and their Jewish identities, like this is a good thing. But American Jews that lean towards liberal religion, um, you know, as the main forefront of their Jewish identities, they see this as threatening to their very way of lives. And perhaps we could see this as those that lean towards liberalism as their Jewish identity. Well, if you have a kind of a seen as a white nationalist, uh, Republican, very conservative uh, leader of the country, then that's threatening to your very either apolitical identity or to the idea that gave sanctuary, sanctuary to Jewish people in America, which mm. is, you know, progressivism and and liberalism. Look, and so this EO threatens the way that has been able to keep American Jews secure. And what we were just saying, uh, it doesn't seem to be such a secure place to live in America because of ascendant anti-Semitism.
0: Well, the language think, is being raised.
1: I mean, I think, I mean... Uh, uh, it's interesting. This made me think of that before World War II, the modern period was really, you could you know, you know, could call it the age of ideologies, right? Lots mm-hmm. of people call it the age of ideologies. In the post, post-World War II, post-modern world, we're really in the age of identities, mm-hmm. right? And we're, we're getting big time into that now, right? Mm-hmm. Or the age of identities. So then who gets to define your identity? We, we get on that a lot, right? So, so a Jew comes along and says, look, my identity is a religious identity as a mm-hmm. Jew that's my religious identity. Who are you to tell me that my 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 religious identity is part of a nation, right? And and on the other hand, the the you know, the, let's say those who def, I Jews who identify themselves as a nation say, well, no, the core identity of the Jew is a nation and you know and I think, you know, that's a Zionist uh, approach and the culture of the Jews is a religion, mm-hmm. right? But again, who are you to define my identity say that we're a religion? right yeah. so so these there's this identity clash even within the jews right within us as jews we have an identity clash that is really strong and then throw into that mix israel well how does that work out is israel my religious center is the, mm-hmm. is jerusalem the 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 city of three religions or is jerusalem the capital of the jewish nation mm-hmm. and then israel and then and all of a sudden you have this ma- massive clash in how we even was within the jewish world
2: um
0: well yeah uh, so, that,
1: so
2: that came up defining in my, our identity uh, my class last week at a seminary whole class was based on this and it was really hard because you had kind of one wing where we're saying you can't we can't have two nationalities i'm american that's my nationality being jewish is my religion another one of the students who's happening gonna make aliyah she's like no no, no. like being jewish like this is my nationality
0: Right. right. And well, they, America and what, does and allow. S- America a funny nation in that it does allow for hyphenated nationality: Italian uh, right. American, African American, Chinese American. Try
2: bringing that in, and then one of the students we had like a conversation after the class. Well, I don't understand. Like, how does Italian American and Jewish American like? How are they same thing?
0: They are, because because traditionally Jews see themselves as an ethno-national people, whatever you want to call it, and not just a religion. We don't think of ourselves. And, and outsiders don't see us as Catholic Americans or Hindu Americans. They see us as corresponding to Italian Americans or Irish Americans. So they because I went on mm, Wikipedia today. They are confused. If you go
2: on Wikipedia, and it gives you different examples of ethnic groups, so like ethnic ling- linguistic groups, ethnic national And then ethnic religion. And the example of an ethno-religious group is the Jews. Mm -hmm. So is that supporting your argument or is that against your argument? Because... Wouldn't an ethnic national group be yeah. the Italian-Americans? And we would want to say the Jewish-Americans are actually an ethnic national group, not the ethno- religious Whoever put together that group?
0: aspect of the Wikipedia page yeah. sees us as ethno-religious. But as Alan's pointing out, and, I, and I, I I say this with some sympathy for outsiders trying to define us, yeah. when we as a people don't even have a consensus of how to define ourselves. Right. So one could argue, well, go with the traditional, the, the, the more traditional version it's 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 hard to look no, but I, you can't
1: identify me in this identity in this world well the identif- I have, self-identification is in the Western world at least is an absolute
0: correct. I get to define myself go ahead and but, give myself but, my but identity but the outside so. but let's say the federal government has yeah. to pick something and say look we're going to treat you by some consensus view and something that Robbie Greengrass pointed out in our in in his blog on the Macomb yeah. blog was most American Jews, something like 95% of American Jews, support the existence of the Jewish state of Israel. Mm. Well, Robbie said, okay, American Jews. So if you support a Jewish state, that means you agree at least somewhat with the concept of Jewish nationality. <laughs>
2: I don't think there's an awareness of you, that.
0: You may not be self-aware of that, but that is what it means. Religions don't get a state. Nations do, nation states, ethno-nation states exist. There are, you, you, you do- I
1: mean, In other words, I think, let me clarify a little bit what you're trying to say, because I think I, we, Go we stumble with this a lot. When we say that religions don't get a state, we mean that in the modern political sense that the people get self-determination. Right. We talk about self-determination for nations, not for religions.
0: In the post-World War One, post-World yeah. War Two consensus, yeah. religions don't get self-determination. Right. Ethno-national groups do.
2: Right, exactly. So- But nations- have been organized based on religious identity, though.
0: How many since when
2: they they have it, it again? It's like the Jews, it's a sub, I think it's a sub Jews are a religio national group. We've the all Jews, like there's never been a separation of we've the religion been around from the nation. We come from until an era, the modern era,
0: we come from an era 3,000 years ago where every nation had its own religion, correct? That, that part of your cultural identity mm-hmm. was your religion, but even the French, We're when they're fighting
2: of, the British, they you know. There's also a big religious dispute eh. there, is there not? No.
0: Well,
1: I mean, what yeah, you're talking what about, times? like in the middle the ages, Catholic yeah, Catholics versus, uh, versus the Protestants, Catholics,
0: essentially. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about the Thirty Years' War. Yeah. I mean, again, again, I think, uh, it, I think it's, it's there. Well, this is yeah, the, but it ha- it's not modern. This is the muck, It's pre-modern.
1: But that's Correct. the muck is that it's not it's not black and white. Is that we we keep with us we've kept with us from pre. Pre, even pre-modern times or modern times within post-modern times other kinds of identities such as yep. religious and, and all, all kinds of different identities well,
2: but, wait, this but idea. Wait, didn't the Jews By, we both kept our original identity as being part of Am Yisrael which is what it says in the Torah right when we get the
0: God promises Abraham that he'll build a nation right and, his or, and on Mount Sinai
2: he'll make you a holy nation like all this stuff yeah. it's always been about an Am but maybe that A doesn't translate into nation but we've always stuck with the Am even as we've evolved to adapt and integrate and survive into modern times Times so Look. even if uh, French uh, Napoleon called the Jews of France you know French of the Mosaic persuasion did the Jews of France they probably still consider themselves people of Israel and children of well, Israel. No, he he the French no. rabbis that they he said. asked
0: that he was responding to the French ra- he asked the French rabbis. Yeah, do you consider yourselves nationally Jewish? Because if so, I'm not going to give you citizenship. Correct. I only give I will only give citizenship to French people. So if you're French of the Mosaic and they said please give us citizenship, we are. Frenchmen of the Mosaic. But then the question is like, like, this is the Enlightenment. This uh, is the Enlightenment. That's the modern, but that movement, which to a certain extent defines Jews living in Western, yeah, not just American, Western Europe and North North American, Western Jewish identity was defined by that Napoleonic revolution. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Eastern Europe, whereas in the Arab world, whereas in other communities that weren't in, in this sort of Western Enlightenment Environment that never really played a role, and so the classic ethno national identity wasn't. But but Jews living in Western countries are faced by this weird right. I really do feel so British, that, or I really do feel American. Yeah, or, I mean, look, Zionism wasn't. By a, the
1: way, I don't, I know, I, I I again, I think we're making it too black and white because you're, I agree with you in terms of what you're saying yeah. about Jews from greater Eastern. Up. But the truth is Jews living in Yemen had a very strong Yemenite Jewish mm-hmm. identity or the same with Syria or the same with Iraq, right? Correct. They, they were, we, we, and that's one of the, that one, that's one of the bad things that Zionism did. They tried to lump or in the Ashkenazi world, try to lump them all together. Oh, there's are they're, they're
2: No, but Mizrahi. They're very,
1: yeah, exactly. Because
2: I'm saying, we, we The we, irony that the Moroccan Jews were considered Mizrahi by the Jews yeah. from Germany. Yeah. Uh, and it's so, thousand so miles west.
1: The, 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 we're, what I'm trying to say is, we were. If we look back, we were holding these multiple identities, um, always. And that when and people like, why do I like to go back to Poland so much? Because one of the things that I feel like I confront is this identity. My family lived in Poland a lot longer than it lived in the United States. But I'm so culturally American, even though I've been living actually in Israel longer than I've lived in the United States. Yeah, by the way, that so, Yemenite
0: identity, though, is complex yeah, because you, and you and exactly. you, met, you said it, yeah, yeah. it was a Yemenite Jewish identity. Yeah, yeah. Yemenite, they didn't feel part of the culture around no, them. No, but it was they a felt specific, other. no, no, power. I agree. They I think because they felt, I asked them, but if I asked them, do you have anything in common with a Jew from Germany or do you, you have more in common with a Jew from Germany or your Arab neighbor? Who is, who is yours? I think that Yemenite Jew would probably have said. A Jew from Germany. I, I think. That, I think genetically, the, yes, what, but culturally not. not as not in. General. Who is seen, your people? Were, your Arab neighbor or a Jew from? I, I from, think, right, it would but that's more complicated. Than culture, though I think
1: it would be more complicated than we think. That's what I'm saying. Right, I agree My, with Alan. I that think one. it would be more complicated, like the French Jews. I think it would be more complicated because The French <laughs> Jews were explicit. I know, we have more I'm saying, in common right.
0: with a French Christian right. than a British. Right, but we also know that they were and that didn't work. It didn't integrate well okay. into their society. But I'm saying, right, but I think
1: that they would. I think. I think that the those and all those different sides because they, they they define yes they had things in common with Jews and the language that they used. For for, for prayer and for correspondence and yeah. they kept in touch it was all Jewish but they did their dis- their, their their dress was distinct their language was distinct Correct. their their food was distinct right there's all these different cultural aspects and if I said to of, them I,
0: I, try it, if it well that's it hard them, you can't really you say can't now today, yeah. you can't today but it, yeah. if I said who are your people your I, Arab just, neighbors or the Jews of the of well I Far- don't Far- I'm we just suggesting do that it ex- would be more complicated can't you do that thought experiment with unaffiliated American Jews I think you might get very different answers than you would get in a traditional. I do it with the
1: affiliate mon- Jews, and they, yeah. and they and they and they. When when I push them down, right in class, I say, "Okay, you're in a foreign country, right? You're in a foreign country, and you don't speak the language there. And you see two people, right? You see someone who's clearly a Jew of that country, and you and you don't speak their language. And you see someone who's clearly American. Who are you more likely?" To start a conversation with, are you start? Are mm. you more likely to conversation? But so what, what is? We, what do they say? So it's mixed, but it's it's complicated enough that it's not a clear. Oh, I'm going to talk to the Jew. Very often they'll say the American. Very often, they'll say American, and right. as it's clear, it's not an American Jew. it's but what a Jew, is that American, a sign you know? of? So it's a sign again. I think there, there's a sense of I, I would say it's a sign of complicated culture, complicated identity. That's not. It's well, not black and white.
0: M- I would say it's also a sign of communication comfort. No, so, right.
1: so well, that's my argument. Yeah. My argument is exactly that: is that that language is a core part of identity. That language I'm is a core is, part of identity. Fra- and so therefore, if that the rabbis of France we
0: said we have more in common with a French Christian than a British Jew. And if French Jews didn't that didn't land super comfortably on Western Jews. Many Western Jews felt a discomfort with that. That the idea of killing of a of a German Jew killing a British Jew in World War One felt wrong. In a way that Christians killing each other in World War II or World War II. Christians killing each other didn't feel wrong because their national identity meant it's my job to kill the person from that nation. Jews killing each other in World War One felt like we're betraying something. If that's what was going on for Western Jews, Yemenite Jews, or your Polish grandparents, or my Polish grandparents, I, I it, growing up in these traditional, closed, somewhat ghettoized communities, not ghettos exactly, yeah. but but ghetto in, in, in a broader sense felt an affinity and a sense of belonging to the greater Jewish people more than they felt to their neighbors. I think that's just true. Now, is, am I saying it in a black and white way where really it was more complex? 100%. But I think it's in the more Western, acculturated world where the more acculturated you become, the, 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 the looser your feelings of a bond to the Jewish people is. Whereas the more traditional and cloistered, mm-hmm. the more you feel you may be cut off from the other Jews. And so culturally, you may have a distinct cultural idiom, but you definitely feel like the Jews are my people, not my neighbors.
2: I think a lot has to do with if Jews were welcomed and then integrated into their societies, like in Western countries versus in Eastern Europe or in the Arab world, where the Jewish communities, there really sustained their religio-political autonomy and independence. And the moment when they lost that independence is when they got pushed out of those places and either genocided or ended up moving either to the land of Israel uh, or to places where they can feel safe and secure. And now... Today, we have essentially the genesis of that moment where you have two types of Jews, which is the acceptance of Napoleon's decree that you're French of the Mosaic persuasion, which, you know, works in America and Western Mm -hmm. countries and the Zionist rebellion against that. Um, in Enlightenment times, which says, no, 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 we're actually an, um we're a nation and we have the rights to national self-determination like any other nation, which today is the state of Israel. Um, and so a religio political Jewish community that existed in the diaspora for 2000 years, isn't really a thing today. And I don't think a lot of our students or uh, just people are even aware of that. Like if, Jews are a part of a religious political community or they're part of a political community. That means they're probably Israeli and they live in the state of Israel. Uh, otherwise, to be a Jew, it means to be integrated in the countries where they are and their identity can't be political. It's only religious.
1: So why, uh, if I can spin back around, mm-hmm. so why did this go crazy on Twitter? And, then, and also, also newspapers. Because I mean, Jews are running up uh, including uh, Mike. It's
0: upending the this. relationship
2: yeah. of the Jewish people to where they're living, perhaps.
0: This has been a Jewish. This has been a nerve point for the Jewish people and our host countries since Napoleon, right? And what used to be called the Jewish question, which was what I argued in. Everyone that should go piece. read it. Yeah, go and read it, Mike's blog. And it and, it, and it's back. I, I think I think the question is alive again in a way that it hasn't been in a long time. But is the question more internal uh, or yes? Because I yeah. feel like it's it more, is more so, internal and, and external. And I, and I, yeah. and I will, it is. It's I both. It is like new. No. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Okay. in other words, since no. Oh, because
2: the Zionist question was yeah. a very internal question. Z- so that's
0: Zionist, a continuation. Was that.
2: Zionist was answering that question. Right.
0: Zionism communism answered the question. Yeah. Socialism, Bundism. Right. they were all right, different exactly. answers of Jews trying to say. By the way, ultra orthodoxy was an answer to that. hundred percent. We're gonna we're gonna triple down on difference and, and well, they will become more
2: they're all responses to modernism. Correct. Correct. All
0: of these the modernity creates a question for the Jews so self identity.
2: So I guess maybe this is a different podcast and this um
0: so, will there be a different answer to the question? Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, to uh, me, Most likely. To, to, uh, to me, and I guess I can say to us because of who we are and what we do, the Zionist answer was, it's, it's so simple. Jews, of course, are a nation of people. Judaism is the culture often expressed as religion. Correct. And so, ism means the beliefs. So, Jews have a culture, Judaism, there's America and Americanism. I don't know that you have that word so many for other Mm. nations that work so well, but I guess you can have Italians and Italianism. Italians are the people. Italianism is the culture. That's sort of how, to me, Mm. that's a simple.
1: So the last, I guess what I'd like to just sort of wrap up with is Mm -hmm. that I think it's it's showing a um, microscope maybe on the Jewish community and how insecure the Jewish community in America is feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think that goes back to the idea of the rise in anti-Semitic uh, uh, incidents and and, do you how think they the be insecure, and how the government and how the government how how the government one second and how, and how the government responds to those incidents and they're seeing the the President Trump executive orders as a response that's making them uncomfortable mm-hmm. whether it's true or not whether it was blown out of proportion and is but, it I, I, my point think? is is that it's making them a bit insecure should they be insecure I think we should certainly be cautious mm-hmm. I think we have to think differently we we can't. Assume I grew up in a place, even though there were anti Semitic incidents I've talked about before, when I was growing up, we basically lived in a place where, oh, yeah, we're safe. We're Jews. We're safe in America. We're safe in a place. And I always resisted that idea of, oh, you know, things that could get worse here. I think we have to be cautious. I think we have to be realistic. At least, if not, maybe not insecure, but aware yeah, and vigilant. Exactly. Um, certainly, uh, aware awake. And vigilant. awake and not, and not, and not, uh, uh, yeah, awake.
0: Not complacent.
1: Not complacent. But, but not insecure yeah. at this point. Correct. And we I should point f- out, by the way, that it, no. it, I mean, it's obvious, but it doesn't just come from, you know, nationalist right, right? We, no, no. Know, it's a, it's a, it has nothing
2: point. to do with it's all over. either side. It's, all over, it's right. all over the spectrum. Exactly. I don't know, though. I'm not sure. Because I thought about it after this attack on the Jersey City uh, kosher market. Mm-hmm. Like, next time I go to the States, like, it will be in the back of my head for the first time in my life that stepping into a kosher market. In the way that when I would come here as a kid during the Second Intifada, mm. or even after, stepping on a bus, in the back of my mind, something could happen to me because I'm <laughs> Jewish. Uh, and so when I was growing up, Israel was the place that, like, oh, that's kind of scary because of, like, suicide bombings and rockets and all this stuff. But I feel much more secure in Israel than in Jerusalem. Like, I'm not afraid. It's not It's not on the back of my mind really anymore, or it's way back there, um, that it's not it's not there in the no, way I feel that, that also, but when I if to, I went to the States, how much of that maybe would where move you to stand the f-
0: depends on where you sit. In other words, no, I
2: know that's what I think it's because yeah. it's so foreign to me. I haven't been there in a few years, right. like back to mm. LA. Like when I go there, wait, so this shul that I used to walk by all the time that I grew up with, my friends got married there. Um, they just had an anti-Semitic attack there on Shabbat. Like, you know, it's, it's, uncomf- it's, un- <laughs> it's uncomfortable. I think I would feel uncomfortable uh, even if I felt safe, I guess. And that's, and that's what's really scary.
0: And you know, we look in our rearview mirror and we say, "Why didn't Jews notice the signs earlier?" Because it was like this: it was it was little changes that were subtle that were disquieting, but nothing that triggered the panic button.
2: But, but it's not state institutionalized in the way that like why someone was so many British Jews were scared of Corbyn because the prime minister yeah. would literally well, be an anti semite and he headed an institution which had anti semitism and he didn't get rid of it. And that's yeah, that that's
1: the security of American Jews. I think about this executive order. Even again, in the distortion, becoming, right, right, right. I agree with that. Is this doubt yeah. defining Jews in a way that's going to make it dangerous for them, or will that, the that's state? That's the threat, they were or very the state is threatening yeah, the Jews because the very, state is
0: defining the Jews a certain way. Even though which it in the wasn't, past,
1: right. I mean, again, that's the perception. I mean, we're on a perception here, not necessarily fact. And what,
0: and what the rabbi who tweeted that you called that you quoted was saying was, you know, when when this person who said that there were very fine people among the chanters of Jews will not replace us, or Find people in the crowd who stood there while people chanted, "Jews will not replace us." So there's this feeling of disquiet, which yeah. good. I mean, I'm legitimate not legitimate and granted, the situation yeah. isn't good, but Correct. it's good that people have their antenna up and are and and the conversation should continue, and this should be. Uh, a growth. And to bring it around to the first part of the conversation, that the angst that we feel over mm. election season <laughs> coming back because it's so awful, let us uh, have a moment of sympathy for Americans who always live in election season. <laughs> who all political conversation is always about in this election mode, this like, electric angsty yeah, But at spin. least they
2: know when their elections are and they don't have to worry about new ones.
0: Yeah, so now, because we have three in a row, we've spent over a year in essentially election mode and we're exhausted. But that because that's unique in Israel. And usually, it's four to six weeks of election garbage and then you go back to the usual stuff. Yeah? Yeah. That's yeah. what I think. Okay, then. All right. <laughs> nice postscript. Yeah. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Benji. Look forward to my next invitation. as often as you like. And thank you, Ben, for engineering us to the end of the episode in your fancy new studio. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time.